Come with us on a journey into the unknown, the unexplained, and the unbelievable. We will test your senses and challenge your beliefs. A world where science and religion clash. Or do they? You will meet real people and hear real stories, but you will not believe. You will witness strange sights and hear strange sounds, but you will not believe. This is the New England Ghost Project. Welcome to the Nightmare. Good evening, everyone, and welcome to another outstanding episode of Ghost Chronicles Next Generation. And with me today is, of course, the blonde bombshell, Ann Kerrigan. Well, good evening. How are you doing today? Outstanding. Outstanding. Me too. So I hear you did your civic duty? I did do my civic duty today. I, uh, I went and I... Well, I didn't end up having to testify as a witness, but I was on hand as a witness for someone I called in a year ago. Yeah, um, I remember that. Yeah, operating under the influence. And luckily for me, there was a state trooper on a detail on 495, and uh, they caught him and they they arrested him because he was pretty scary. I was worried he was going to kill me or kill himself right in front of me or the other 10 people he almost smashed into. But uh, he... uh, he, he, justice prevailed, though. Yeah, justice prevailed. Yeah, he got a whole lot of fines and his license taken away, and he might get deported. And uh, so let that be a listen to you, kitties. Don't be smoking the ganja after you've taken transapan. Transapan? I don't know how to say it. Oh, that's the stuff you put in turkeys, right? No. That's tryptophan. But, you know, it must be a very close relative because... It makes you sleep, and this guy thought it would be a good idea to take it at you know, mm-hmm. 2 a.m. and then get up and smoke a bone and then get behind the wheel of a car. But anyways, uh, that's America. Uh, he didn't kill anybody. That's the good news, and he's off the road, we hope. But, uh, yeah, well, I, gotta go all the way know, to, I had to go all the way to Marlboro District Court, mm-hmm. which is over an hour from me. So. Right. I mean, but that's the thing. This, this crazy system we have for us just – Earlier today, uh, a woman, 80-year-old woman, was uh, putting flowers in the graves of her grandparents, and uh, she had a purse with her, and guy came up to us, grabbed the purse, and ran off. Oh, that sucks. So he screamed, and, you know, and other people at the cemetery chased after him, and uh, he ran off, and... uh, they gave him a description to the police, and the police caught him. She got her purse back. Oh, good. Money was gone, credit cards gone, driver's oh. license gone, all the, all the important stuff gone. Yeah. And he was ordered to appear in court today. And guess what? Oh, by the way, he was homeless. Guess what? Didn't show up. No, oh, there's a big shock. Why the hell was they let him loose in the first place? I don't know. They let him out on bail. How can a homeless guy get bail, though? I, they, it's a personal recognizance. Uh, yeah, okay. Oh, so what well, anyways, I know it. So, yeah, so we, we were on our way out to the Rutland Prison Camp investigation last year. It was last July, I believe. And um, yep. 
that's how long it's taken to work its way through the system. Yeah, it does so take a while. So anyways. Yeah. But so, you did your job. That's good. So I anyways, did. It's, there's a lot of noise on the, on Facebook and other places that the Houghton Mansion is uh, up for sale. And, I saw that. Yeah. And, uh, so anyways, um, I thought I would bring on the show someone who knows a lot about that and, and kind of talk about it a little bit. Mm-hmm. But uh, I was doing, you know, I'm writing a new book with Maureen. The, the, and we go back and we have to kind of look at some of our uh, cases to, to remind us because some of them are pretty old. So I was going through them and I found this email and it says, and I will read it. Hello. Uh-huh. I, am, okay. I am writing to you to ask a few questions. My name is Nicholas J. Mantello. And I am the president of the Masonic Association, which is the governing body for the Houghton, Houghton Mansion, whatever it is, which is, has two Masonic organizations that meet there, uh, the Gray Lafayette Greylock Lodge of Masons and Naomi Chapter of the Eastern Star. The building has a long history of haunting and has been published many times. We just recently had an author from New York uh, ask if she could write about the Mason. I have spoken to the VP, Josh N. Mantello, and the treasurer, <laughs> Michael J. Hernandez, and we feel that it would be in our benefit if we could have it validated. I am writing to see if you would be interested in doing an investigation. The building is used only a few nights, nights a month and could uh, be at your disposal for as long as it would take. I would... What does it take? I would think it would be fine to set up a camp in the building and do the investigation. If you uh, are interested, please contact me. So then it goes wow. out. Wow. Yeah. So. Uh, the very beginning. That was the very beginning. The the first real investigation of the Houghton or Houghton Mansion, whatever the hell it is called. And we have one said mentioned uh, person in this email The uh, at that time was the VP, uh, Joshua in Mantello. Josh, you here? I am here. How are you guys doing? Can you imagine I found that email? Great. Oh, my God. I, you know, I'm thinking, I, you know, the only thing that comes to my mind is like, God, oh, that's the beginning of it all. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, it's, you know, the, the, you know, the, the journey my life went on as a result of that email. Um, right. Well, you know, is is unbelievable. It, you know, it, it, it was ups and a lot of ups and downs. Uh, a lot of great times. I um, I have met probably some of my only really good true friends. Uh, you know, um, there's people in my life now. You know, you, know, you guys included that I would have never have met. Um, you know, if it wasn't for, you know, if it wasn't for that email and. Um, it was life changing. <laughs> That's incredible, huh? Wow. And it's a sad story now because the mansion is actually up for sale. And um, so, you know, there's a lot of lot of take on it on, on Facebook right now. And and you managed that uh, the mansion for oh, many, many years. Uh, you were there when the ghost adventurers were there and the ghost hunters were there. And, and when we were there, too, of course, uh, at that first one and, and other ones that we went to as well and uh so i said who better to have on the show than someone who probably knows the 
the mansion more than anyone else. And so that I'm very pleased to have you uh, on the show and, and also to call you his friend because uh, uh, both Anna and I are lucky that we met you as well. So there you go. Hmm. Yeah. It's, it, you know, it, it was, it, what a long, strange trip it's been. It's the, <laughs> the only thing I can think of. Um, you know, it's, you know, I honestly, you know, I personally haven't, you know, been there in a, in, in quite a few years. Um, there was kind of a changing of a guard three, three so years ago, maybe more. I, I'm not even keeping track anymore. And, you know, I think it, it might have been time for a change in everybody's lives and, you know, keeping, you know, the inner politics of it aside, you know, it was time for um, some of us to move on. Mm-hmm. And, but I think, you know, the work we did from, you know, from that email until three years ago, really laid a groundwork and really set a precedent for, you know, what you could be considered as a long-term and, you know, repeated investigation of a single location by, you know, not just, you know, our group, but multiple groups, you know, with, you know, continuous collection of evidence and activities, um, patterns, uh, and, and, and I think the funniest part is, and I always found it very odd to say, is I felt like I developed a relationship with the spirit in the building. You know, it, it, it you know, it, it was kind of like, you know, you know, these, these people who I've never physically laid eyes on, you know, were almost like part of my inner circle of friends. I was starting mm. to spend that much time communicating, you know, trying to communicate with them. <laughs> so we, we have a question from chat. I don't know if I can ask it at this point. Yeah, sure. Uh, you can do whatever you want. So John wants to know why is the mansion for sale? Does anybody know? Um, I you know it, it's a long story, but you know I I can speak for the fact that you know it's a very large building with a lot of overhead that is in need of a lot of modernization um, and in things to to bring it into the 21st century and make it. Um, accessible and and a lot more usable. Um, And this isn't something that is, I I don't want to make it seem like this is something that's isolated to just um, Lafayette, Greylock, Lodge, and Masons in the Houghton Mansion. Um, In reality, this is something that's happening across the state with uh, multiple Masonic Lodges. Um, Membership is is declining, not with just with us, but any sort of civic organization, Elk Lodge, Eagle Lodge, you know, their numbers are dropping out, dropping off as well. People aren't joining organizations like they used to. Membership's right. lower. Um, income is lower. Um, cost cost to heat and cost to uptake and cost of insurance is rising. So you're seeing a higher cost of expense with a lower cost of income. You know, you don't need to be a CPA to kind of put those maps together. And I can tell you just, you know, in our region alone, um, a lodge and uh, two lodges and two neighboring towns have sold their buildings and moved and joined in with our other organizations for their lodges. So this isn't something I, I don't want people to really think like this is just a Houghton Mansion thing that it's it's a direct result of something to do with the paranormal or the building. As in fact, it's, it's kind of a dilemma 
um, that is facing a lot of your organizations that can't afford these large, grandiose buildings. If anyone listening is, is kind of familiar with it, even Pittsfield, a larger community than North Adams, they just sold their Masonic building, which is bigger than the Houghton Mansion because wow. the overhead right. for it was becoming too big. The Berkshire Lodge in Adams, Massachusetts, sold their building. They used to be located in an old church. They had to sell their old church that their lodge was in uh-huh. and moved in to moved in with an Elks Lodge, who who, who are set up similarly. Um, uh, mm-hmm. A lodge in Cheshire, which is just on the, the next town down from from Adams, same thing. Right. They sold theirs. So this isn't something I don't want people to kind of have that misconception, as in they're dumping off the Houghton Mansion and paranormal stuff. It, I think it's 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 a it's solely a, a asset and asset and that you know type of thing. You know that unfortunately and, they're making a smart move. You know so that they their organization. You know unfortunately for the paranormal world. The, the Masonic Lodge is first and foremost, and, you know, they're mm-hmm. taking care of themselves, and they're taking care of that lodge. Yeah. Yeah, the, now, the, the, the other thing, too, is, is you know, it, it came a long way. Basically, before we came, it was just a Masonic uh, Lodge, and you, you did rent out different things for, for different uh, events and stuff. But uh, after, after our visit, and, and you farmed the Berkshire Paranormal, uh, you began to a- able to raise some money for the the uh, the, the masons uh, doing different events, and and that eventually you know grew and grew and grew, and then uh, unfortunately, uh, as you mentioned, you have to keep up with the times, and and there uh, becomes you know problems with codes and stuff with you know fire. Uh, we talked about uh, fire suppression of uh, fire alarms and all, a bunch of other stuff. So when you deal with having a lot, great deal of the public into, there is certain uh, changes that have to be made where you really didn't have to in the beginning. Right. And I mean, like so many, I mean, even churches are are combining now because even even in religion, you know, you find there's not as much interest and so it's kind of an across the board problem and and you know things like Kiwanis Club, Lions Club, Masons, Oddfellows, all those fraternal organizations like people today um, I feel like because we're such an electronic world um, people people don't need that anymore I mean they they have their contact at their fingertips, you know? Well, I think that's, you know, you're, you're, I think you hit the nail on the head. I mean, you know, you, you don't have to look much further than your, your church down the street. You know, mm. what's a church at the very base level, but an organization that people join. People join a church. People join a, a lodge. You know, their memberships are lower and churches are closing, too, because yep. churches are, they have high overhead. Church still has to pay their heat. They still have to oh, pay yeah. their electricity. Um. You know, I think maybe the paranormal helped delay the inevitable for them. I think it, it, it raised enough money for a period of time to help keep it open, and we were dancing a line that um, eventually, you know, came to an end. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, you know, so let's, let's stray a little bit from the sale of it and all that stuff and look more – towards the paranormal. I mean, as I said, you, 
I mean, I received that email back in August of 2004. So that's, what, 13 years ago? Wow. So, um, you know, as I mentioned before, you had many, many investigations here, and uh, including your own, in which you investigated. So I, I kind of like to want to go through some of the, what you thought were, were some of the more interesting uh, ones that uh, you were either watching on TV or, or were a company uh, a part of. Uh, can you do that for us, uh, Josh? Tell us a little bit. Give oh, us a little yeah. insight into it. Um, God, wow. You know, it, it never ceased to amaze me, the, the location. Um, you know, you know, looking back, I, you know, we, we had, you had a room up on the third floor that we called Witter's Room. And I remember one night, this was, you know, a years into, into investigating and we to the point where we were, you know, leading group tours and, you know, we were leading a group tour um, and I was up in that room and I maybe had, you know, a dozen people, you know, maybe a few less in the room. No, I, you know, it's probably closer to like six, you know, and remember we're, we're sitting there and it was later in the night and it was one of those rooms you just kind of sat in and waited for something to happen. <laughs> and you know the door was open and so there was no electricity in that part but there was enough light coming in from street lights you could see the doorway and i remember the room you know in that classic like you know things get cold before something happens and you know or think how cool the room got like it was starting to get colder and i looked at the doorway and sure enough like a full figure you know solid black shadow just standing in the doorway and like everybody there saw it we, and, and it was one of those moments that you know you kind of just nobody nobody wanted to say anything you know it was, mm-hmm. it was you know it wasn't one of those things where everybody's like oh my god look it was so unbelievable that everybody was speechless and you know and you know i you know me and my overly inquisitive thought process decided I, I wanted to get close to it. I wanted to, you know, reach out and see what it felt like. Was it colder? Was, was it something solid? What was this? You know, I started walking towards it and, and I remember somebody had come up into the room and it, it, it like broke, the, broke whatever was happening. And, and it, uh, I remember like looking around the room and everybody's faces and everybody kind of had this long drawn out look on their face and, you know, the first thing that says, like, did you see? You know, and somebody looked at me and was like, did you see that guy standing there too? And I was like, yeah. And it was like, everybody probably started to, like, kind of open up about it. And, you know, that was, that, that's right up there with the others. Because it was just so, it was so real. I mean, I, I could go on for, we don't have enough time in the day to talk <laughs> with the stories of the things that have, had happened. But that always stands out. And the other, uh, you know, thing that really stood out um you know i is the time i actually saw an orb you know and you know me i don't believe in orbs and pictures but this is something we saw with our eyes this wasn't in a camera this was something physically in a room with us we were down in the basement myself and this was kind of a private you know a couple friends of mine who said hey can we go hang out in that houghton mansion you 
have the keys to for a few hours. I'm like, sure, come on down, meet me at midnight or whatever. And, <laughs> you, know, we, we, you know, so sure, you know, we go down and we hang out and we're down in the basement and we've all heard the story you know, of, uh, you know, this, this young child that's supposedly in the basement, you know, and, and, you know, we said, well, if it's a young kid, maybe he wants to hear a story. So we go on and we, we recite this, um, uh, the Goldilocks and the Three Bears story. And you go through the whole thing, and at the end, nothing really happened. Mm-hmm. And so we're like, oh, did you, you know, we're trying to talk, you know, did you like this? Did you, you know, did you like our story? Did you like how this person did the baby bear voice? Now this person did the papa bear voice or the deep voice. And all of a sudden, you know, there was two, three, four, one, two, three, five, five of us, including me, this bright green ball of light just form between two of us. And one of the other person who people who was kind of across me, we were sitting in a little bit of a circle, says, do you have the flashlight on? I was like, I don't have the flashlight, no. He's like, what is, <laughs> like, what is that light? And then it just slowly dissipated away. But one thing that we all thought of afterwards is if it was a flashlight, when you turn a flashlight on in a pitch-dark room, it illuminates the room. It projects itself across the room, and you can see the light on, on the opposite wall. You can see, you know, where the light is pointed. This didn't do that. It didn't project light out. It didn't fill the room so that everybody could see. It didn't, you know, shine onto a wall. It was just this ominous, singular ball of light, you know, about, you know, chest high between us that just kind of went for a couple of seconds and dissipated off and went away kind of like it, yeah, I heard you, thank you, is is how I took it, and that was that. But it was, again, one of those, like, you know, I've never seen that anywhere else. I've never had that feeling or thought, you know, anything, I can't explain that. Yeah. And everybody thought. Don't, it wasn't, those who don't, yeah, go ahead. And it wasn't my eyes playing tricks on me because all five of us saw it. You know, if it was just me that thought, I'd say, oh, maybe my eyes are playing tricks on me. For those who don't know, Josh has has spent a lot of time uh, doing investigating orbs and so forth. He does a great presentation uh, on uh, light anomalies and stuff and classifications and stuff and, and shows how... Uh, we can misconstrue them and everything else. He does a really good job. So coming from him, it's that's a uh, you know an extremely important piece of evidence as far as I'm concerned. Uh, I think one of the one of the interesting things that I had uh, that happened, and there are quite a few, but uh, I remember uh, we were up in that room on the third floor. I, I think was it Witter's room or you know the back there? You go down the long corridor, Josh. What, what do they call that now? Yeah, that was probably probably Witter's room, I would imagine. Yeah, we, we they called it that, but you know, whatever it was. But anyways, uh, but there's there's uh, a door that comes down a long corridor, and then there's a little closet door that has a little uh, like a little passage that goes to storage basically. And uh, there was a bunch of us in that room uh, one night, and Josh, you were there, I know that, and I was sitting next to it in the clo- next to the closet door. And we were asking for stuff to happen and everything else. And then the, the door opened by itself. Do you remember that, Josh? 
Yeah, oh, yeah, I I do remember that actually. Um, I it's, I remember those doors opening a, a few times, but I, I do remember that happening with you too. Yeah. Hmm. The the interesting thing about it is we went back later that night. Uh, it was probably it was after midnight for sure, but uh, there was just uh, three of us. It was myself, Cameron, Ruck, and Jackie, and uh, we we you know we were sat in the middle of that room. And we kind of like, like you said, waited around for stuff to happen. And then uh, Jackie says, oh, I feel like somebody's touching me in the back. Mm-hmm. So I said, uh, well, okay, you know, yeah, come close to me. And she basically basically sat on my lap. And uh, <laughs> Well, if anything was going to touch it, I would feel it too, you know. So that was kind of like the thing. And uh, But anyways, but then uh, the three of us are sitting there and all of a sudden we heard the door handle turned from the door the door that comes into the room and the door opens you know I mean, it didn't like throw it open or anything it was open it opened like somebody was open it and mm-hmm. there was no one there and and it's a long corridor so it's not like somebody could do that and then just run down the corridor real fast and so we would we would have seen them and uh so that that was the same same place the same night and the other door opened. So it's a lot of intriguing stuff that happens. On it. It's a great, great location. Uh, and it's been investigated so, so many times, which is intriguing as well. Yeah, it, 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 it's a shame. And I, I, I hope, you know, it, it, it goes to, uh, hopefully, you know, somebody maybe lets me go back in one more time. <laughs> <laughs> right. you know, right. Well, you know, I For mean, sake. we we are attempting to. I mean, I, I have a, a group that's interested in investing in it, but there are certain things that we have to uh, make sure of because it is an investment. So, you know, you know it's not just a charitable organization. So um, it, it has certain criteria it has to be met and everything else. So anyway, so coming up to the break and, and we you're listening to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation uh, right here on TojiNet and uh, Parax Radio with uh, Ann Carrigan and Ron Kolick. And a uh, special guest is the uh, founder of the Berkshire Paranormal and longtime uh, caretaker of the Houghton Mansion, uh, Josh Mantello. So we'll be right back after the following messages. I am speaking to you via the medium of the Ghost Box. Many of you will know I carried out the first live radio broadcast from Haunted House way back in 1936 for the BBC. Now, thanks to the wonders of modern technology, I am still able to keep abreast of 21st century ghost hunting by listening to Ghost Chronicles International on Togginet, Para-X Radio, The Ghost Channel, and even on something called a podcast. Two splendid chaps host it. One is an American who calls himself New England's own Van Helsing, although I have discovered his real name is Ron Kolek. The other is Stephen Parsons, and he's a paranormal scientist. Well, mustache, I am required elsewhere on something called a K2. But don't forget, I'll be listening in every Tuesday from 8 o'clock in Great Britain and 3 o'clock on the American Eastern Seaboard. I trust you will join me there.
feel the need to do some soul searching or make some changes in your life to create a more positive future? Then Circles of Wisdom is just the place for you. Circles of Wisdom is a metaphysical bookstore and more, located on Route 28 in downtown Andover, Massachusetts. We carry a large selection of books and music, crystals and gemstones, jewelry and gifts, sage, aromatherapy, and so much more, all in a relaxing and welcoming atmosphere. We offer classes on a variety of topics like yoga, Reiki, psychic development, alternative healing, and personal transformation. For guidance on this journey we call life, get a reading from one of our many readers at Circles of Wisdom, 90 Main Street in downtown Andover, right next to Bertucci's. Call us at 978-474-8010 or check us out on the web at www.circlesofwisdom.com. Lots to see and do in a feel-good place, an oasis in this hectic world. Welcome back to Ghost Chronicles Next Generation with Ron and Anne and our special guest this evening, Josh Mantello of Berkshire Paranormal. Yes. Yes. Well, yes. What? Well, you were talking. You were supposed to continue. (laughs) I I was done. (laughs) Oh, fine. Oh, so So, Anne, have you had any experiences there? Oh, well, yes, Ron, I have. I'm sorry. <laughs> I didn't know I was supposed to leap both in, in with both feet. Um, so, yes, I have had a couple of experiences at the Houghton Mansion. And the the first one that I had, um, we were up in the the Masonic, I guess it's the, te- it's the temple, right? Is that what they call it? It's the lodge, right? Yeah, the lodge room, the temple. I mean, it can be referred to in both ways. Okay, so it was in that area where they hold the ceremonies, the Masonic ceremonies. And we were doing glass swirling with kind of a big group. Um, Geez, I don't even know how many people we had, 10 or 12. And it was really funny because in this particular situation, everybody's father seemed to be coming through to everybody there it was rather odd because my dad has never come through to me ever my dad died when i was 11 um so it's been a long long time so that was that was kind of surprising to have that happen during the glass swirling but the very freaky thing that happened was that um as the glass was going around and around I felt like someone was touching me on the very top of my head. Really? It it was the craziest feeling ever. Um, And it happened to me. It happened to Leslie, I remember. Um, Beyond that, I don't know. But I felt literally like someone was putting their hand, you know, gently on the top of my head. Very, very, very weird. Um. And I guess the other experience that I've had at the mansion was when we were doing, um, I think it was a legend tripping event with Jeff Belanger and Tim Weisberg, oh, yeah, 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 Dark yeah. Stave. And, oh, yeah. No tell hotel. Yeah. <laughs> the murder motel. Yes, That's where we yes. stayed. Thanks, Jeff. 
Thanks, Jeff. It was awesome. We all thought, yes. well, my room wasn't that bad, but Ron thought he was going to be definitely uh, dead by morning. So, uh, but anyways, I digress. I was with a group uh, of people with Tim Weisberg, and we went way, way to the back of of the mansion. I want to say... We oh, in the little room? It wasn't the little room where they do the mirror scrying. It was up. No, no, no. There's a little room. If you go all the way down the end of the corridor, there's a up... little room. Yeah, before you go to the, the stairs, I think, Josh. Do you know what I'm talking about, Josh? Is it the, like, are you talking about the one way in the back behind the, the lodge built? The lodge yeah, room? behind the lodge. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, so, yeah. I thought this was on an upper floor. I thought, I seem to remember going upstairs. Yeah, oh, it, it's like an upper third floor. Yes. Yes, yes. It's almost like an attic. But that's where we were. And uh, people were seeing all kinds of shadow people up there. Uh, so that was kind of crazy. That was a crazy, crazy area and, a, and very weird. So I was kind of happy to be out of that area <laughs> at that time. So those, those were my experiences there. Oh, I have a weird one. Okay. The, the, I don't know which, because we investigated it a few times. I think it was the first, very first time that I was there. And I was sleeping. We slept over. And I had my sleeping bag down in the living room. Uh, when you walk in the front door and, and the living room's on the right. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I woke up in the morning and I smelled bacon. Maybe it was wishful thinking because I was starving. I smelled bacon. I thought, oh, my God, someone's out in that kitchen making breakfast. And uh, I got up, and I'm looking around. I'm going, where's the bacon? <laughs> <laughs> there was no bacon. There was no bacon. Yeah, I so think anyways, that was wishful thinking. That, that was kind of an odd thing. <laughs> so that's so, all I got for you. No, so I mean, Josh, you also installed – I remember you were – I don't know if you completed it, but I think you did. You put – cameras and uh there was like a security system that you had to put in did did that yeah, happen there, there, we did have it in there and i'm pretty sure it ran for a little while afterwards um one like uh you know it, it was you know one uh infrared night mm-hmm. camera system did you ever pick up anything on that um the one that we had didn't Boy, I'm trying to think back. I, I don't think it ran consistently. It had a small mm-hmm. hard drive, so we had turned it on only when we were investigating. So it was kind oh, of okay. a, oh. you know, one of those things. But yeah. it, it did, at a few occasions, capture it. It solidified or reinforced experiences people had. I, I know there was a time when Nick was setting up with a, a group doing a sleepover, and they had a door. If you go up the main staircase, the winding set of stairs, and you're and you walk straight, there's a double set of a set of double swinging doors that lead into towards the lodge building. And I remember watching a video, and they were all looking away from the door, but you can see in the video the door swing shut. And then oh. everybody's kind of reaction as like, who shut the door? And it's funny watching the video because you can see in the video, everybody's kind of, you know, like 
what just happened reaction. And then, you know, mm-hmm. when you go back and you play it, you see the door just swing shot on its own. Yeah, wow. that's, that was, uh, that's pretty interesting. And so I remember uh, when we did, uh, we, we used to do conferences there. We, we did one years ago called Contact. And on the first one, we had, uh, oh, we had Jeff Belanger was there and Elizabeth Foley, the angel woman, uh, Dr. Bell, uh, and Christian and Sean Portia came up, the witches from uh, Salem. And do you remember this one, Josh? Oh, I can never forget. <laughs> uh, and everybody was like all buzzed because these, these guys walked in. But anyways, we did a, uh, a Ouija board uh, workshop, and Sean and Christian were on the Ouija board. And now, you got to realize, these guys are from Salem. They, they, don't, they really didn't know anything about the, the uh, Hope Mansion and everything else. And uh, they came up with the sword was in the closet. Do you remember that, Josh? Yeah. It's the, um, the, the Ouija board kept saying something about sword. Mm-hmm. And it turned out we were missing one. <laughs> and yeah, um, so, it, it, it was—I think it was referring to the closet, and we we ended up finding it, and you know, like well after the fact, you know, mm-hmm. months afterwards, and and then it clicked, like yeah, it was telling us where it was all that time. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that was—I thought that was really interesting, wasn't it? It was, you know, and and things like you know things like that were they were less paranormal there because they were just normal you know that was the normal routine there it's you know paranormal is supposed to be something that doesn't happen that often but it was always it was always turned on it was you know very rarely could i think of a time when nothing happened you know, mm-hmm. and I always, you know, whenever we did some sort of public event or tour or conference or ghost or sweepover, I mean, you had all sorts of different names for different things we did. And, you know, and I always kind of had this, um, you know, catch 22, you know, phrase, I would say, you know, if you can't guarantee you'll see something, it's like a whale watch, you know, when you go on a whale watch, <laughs> you can't guarantee you'll see a whale. When you pay to go a ghost hunt, we can't guarantee you're going to see a ghost. You know, it's That's more correct. about the experience. You know, so, you know, if we don't see nothing, I, I apologize, you know, but, you know, I, I can't make it happen because if I did, it wouldn't be real. You know, mm-hmm. so, but, you know, it, 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 it always happened. Something, you know, 90%, you know, of the time, somebody left with some sort of experience, whether it was physical, whether it was visual, whether it was, you know, through the sense of smell. Um, I, I like to say, you know, people go something with four of their five senses because if there was a tasting component of it, I think it would be a little gross. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, hey, I got bacon. So, That's true. Is, yeah, but... You know, if you woke up and you were, like, tasting bacon, that would be weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, mm-hmm. So, Absolutely. you know, I, I think, uh, uh, you know, it was always on, and I think that's what made it so special was that, you know, people 
experienced something, and I don't know how many people would come up to me afterwards and say I was so skeptical. I came into this thinking that nothing would happen, and this was a waste of money, and I just, you know, my wife dragged me along. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, this, you know, you know, and I remember we did. We used to do tours every Sunday night during the the busy season. You know, during September and October, the, the months leading to Halloween. And I remember doing a tour. And when I speak publicly, I always kind of watch the faces of the people. You know, and there's always that one person you can tell. You know, you, they're dragged along. And this one guy, as I'm talking, I can see him rolling his eyes. He's standing Boy, with his arms crossed. Uh, yeah. You know, and yeah. you know, but he's got you know, he's got his wife next to him with a can on everywhere. So like, and I don't take offense to it. You know, we've all been in that position, and it, and it's I'm not here to make everybody happy. And I, I get it. I I don't. I'm not offended by it. You know, but by the end of this tour, he was the one asking the most questions um, who couldn't stop talking because he saw mm-hmm. something run across the lodge room in a shadow form that he could ah. not explain. Uh, you know, and it, those are the those are the things, you know, when he left, he, he couldn't stop talking about it, you know, from... <laughs> I don't want to be here. My wife dragged me along, you know, rolling his eyes. I would talk about something. He's like, oh, sure, whatever. This is all fake, you know. And, you know, those were made made it special. Funny how that works, isn't it? Yeah. In fact, uh, on that incident you were talking about with the glass swirler where people's fathers came through, we, we had such a person. Yes. Uh, one, of the, one of the guys here was like a lawyer or something, and he was like, Debbie Doubter for sure. Oh, yes. And then his father came through, a grandfather came through, and, and all this information came out, and he was like, he couldn't believe it because it, the information he was getting was was true. And do you remember that, Ed? Oh, absolutely. He was, he, what he really stands out in my mind because, honestly, he came in as a naysayer. He really didn't believe. I'm not really sure. I don't. I don't know if he was there with his wife or the, if he was there with some friends. Thank but, you. boy, when he left, he believed. Oh, yeah. He, he was flabbergasted and just enthralled mm-hmm. with with what happened. And then he was asking questions and wanted to come back. And, <laughs> yeah, it was amazing. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'll tell you, that that is one of the few places where I've seen a, a full – body apparition and mm-hmm. uh that was uh during the first uh, contact uh the conference we were doing i was setting up in the uh the hall uh josh we had that, that we had that screen that was there so i was setting up like the the projector and so forth and uh it was in the daytime and i looked over towards the kitchen there's a little door that goes into the kitchen i think and there's and there was a woman standing there, and I didn't recognize her. So I went over to her, and she took a, I can't remember, see, was it right or left? Oh, God, I can't, I think it took a right, and, you know, just to the right of the door and started walking. And I, I went into the door, and there was a wall there. So she had yeah. just disappeared, basically. Whoops. <laughs> I think it was the right. It might have been the left. I'm not sure. I, I really have to apologize for that. But uh, yeah, she took a turn and uh, just disappeared. So that that was uh, kind of cool. So Josh, when you had like the ghost adventures, did what? What did they find? Did, do you remember their findings? Um, I do. Uh, I remember. 
there was a couple incidents where um, they were in the basement and they they heard like a like a, a, a shuffling noise. I remember what I remember the visuals of watching it on TV more than I remember the sound. But I remember seeing Zach sitting in a chair and like jumping up and running towards something because he heard heard something. And then at the same time, um, his his microphone that he was running an EVP on picked up like a, a girl, uh, a feminine voice. Um, and then at the same time, someone else was upstairs and they were getting, I believe they were using the tri-field meters that were popular at the time, it was was spiking. It was getting a lot of like spikes and right. jumps that were kind of corresponding with it. Um, oh boy, I haven't watched that episode in forever. That's what sticks out to me. Yes, you know what's funny? The, the one Season thing that, one, that, episode four. Yeah, the one that, that really uh, got me because it was, you know, the corridor that goes out the side door to the, uh, you know, where that little thing is where the carriages must have pulled up or whatever. Uh, yep. The side door there. There's a little corridor there. And they had a camera. I don't know if it was a game cam or what, but they picked up a, a dark shuttle that went across there. Oh, and that's, that's when right. we got out of this. <laughs> when we did our investigation, that's where we got similar evidence uh, at the same thing, at the same location. I, I, yeah, um, that's that's another, you know, I um, I remember that very first investigation, you know, it, that's, the, that's imprinted in my brain forever. Um, but it's the, um, I remember my sister running, screaming down the hall. Do you remember that? <laughs> oh, God, that was so funny. The um, like the, you had a, a motion sensor or door alarm on the door, and it was it's very loud. And I remember it went off. It opened and went off. She had nothing to do with it. Now I, I remember, <laughs> and you know, the the running and the yelling just added to the to the drama of it. So hearing the thing is too is, is she that's she, the best. She went running with her hands up in the air like you see in those horror movies. You went, ah! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yes. That oh, was. boy. <laughs> oh, my and God. We, we were in that, uh, when we did the uh, the, the uh, seated communication by candlelight, uh, and we were in that, that room we called the seance room, and uh, we had the, the pocket doors closed and everything else. And All right. The the doors uh, started knocking. Remember, the, but there was no one there in the whole in the place with us. Oh and, then, and then, and then, all the funny part is though is, is uh, what was going on. Your father, uh, Nick, got touched or, or something. He, he jumps up and says, "My ass!" and he goes running out of the room. <laughs> He's like, I'm done. <laughs> I'm out of here. Oh but, my god! You know that was that was incredible because. You know, everybody in that building was in that room. Mm-hmm. There was no, and, and the only person not sitting at a table was um, someone running a camera. They're they they're filming. Yeah, and Mark, uh, Mark LeMay. Yep, one of my guys. And yep. I, and we just heard something bang on the door. It's like, who? No one could have done that. Whoa. <laughs> Wow. Yeah, it, it, that old house had so many things. But one thing I wanted to ask you about is, is you know, uh, well, how much time we got left? The first thing we got to do is, is we 
talk about the the tragedy that uh, kind of laid things into motion. And do you want to discuss that a little bit? I, I, just give us a quick, quick synopsis of it. Polish off this routine. It's been a while since I had to spit it out. Um, basically, yeah. A.C. Houghton was the um, the first mayor of the city. Um, he built it as his retirement mansion. Um, him, his daughter, um, daughter's childhood friend, um, Sybil Hutton, H-U-T-T-O-N, not Houghton, um, and her husband, Dr. Hutton. Um, they were up in the Berkshires um, honeymooning. They were going to go on a Sunday morning drive in their old um, Pierce Arrow car um, up into Bennington, Vermont. They got as far as Pondell, which is the first town over the state borderline, came up a hill, um, got upon a work team, uh, work crew on the side of the road. John Witters, um, longtime employee of AC Houghton, was the chauffeur um, person at the wheel, um, lost control of the vehicle, and it tumbled um, over over itself multiple times down a large embankment, um, crushing Mary and Sybil, killing her instant, killing Sybil instantly, um, gravely injuring Mary. Um, the men um, fared well um, in the accident. Um, Mary was transported to the hospital um, where she was pronounced dead, I want to say it was 3 o'clock in the afternoon that day. Um, two days later, um, John Witters um, was very distraught over the situation. Very mysterious man. Um, I don't have time to get into his history. Uh, kind of a nobody knew his. John Witters might not even bet his real name. Um, but mm-hmm. either way, he was very distraught about the situation. Um, took a lot of blame for the accident upon himself, even though the state investigator said it wasn't his fault. It was the work crew that car malfunctioned. Um, he committed suicide the next day. Or sorry, two days after, um, in the adjacent horse barn on the property, which isn't um, part of the property now. AC Houghton. This was, um, I want to say, it was August 11th. Um, about a week after that, passed away in the building. Um, so, in really, what it was is you had three untimely, um, unplanned deaths um, within an 11-day period. I, want to, I think it was that's, August 1st. Actually, August four. Oh, yeah, four. If you do count Sybil, yes. If you count her friend. Um, yeah. You know, you would have had four um, untimely, um, unexpected deaths associated with the building, um, and and from there, I mean, the stories just went. You know, it stayed in the Houghton family for two years. Um, the Mrs. Houghton, after selling it, sold it to the Gallops, but in reality, the Gallops was the maiden name of one of the other daughters. She had it for a little while. Um, it kind of passed through some hands, so the uh, Masons Masons ended up having it. Um, into the, around the 50s, I believe, the 1950s. Um, but once it became more of a public building uh, is when the story started. I mean, there's generations of people in the community here who have have stories about things happening here, dating as far back as the 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s, you know, generational uh, stories being passed down about experiences in the whole mansion. Hmm. Wow, so, very tragic. The other thing, too, is that when the investigating, when your group started investigating it and uh, our group did, there seemed to be, and then you started opening up to public events and and more and more, there seemed to be more and more stories about other spirits that were really never there on the initial investigations. 
Did you find that true, or, or at least that's yeah, the inspiration? I, I did, you know, because we started picking up the the child in the basement, you know, and there's conflicting, you know, accounts as to who it is. Some people say it's Laurel, yeah. and I don't feel it is. Um, some, you know, people say it's a child associated with a building that was on the property beforehand. I think the only thing we can say for sure is it's a, a small spirit. Um, that we can definitively say there's no really proof to anything otherwise. Yeah, Marie, um, actually picked her up on the first investigation. Yeah, you know, so, and then so I she think you know for a while. Yeah, so you know, I think maybe it's it's built such an energy. You know, you know, sometimes a, a good haunting or a, a group of psychics or a group of people looking for it will act as a lighthouse to passing spirits. You know, like oh, here's mm-hmm. somebody who we can talk to. Let's go in and visit um so you know maybe you know not to sound too corny did we open up like a portal of sorts i don't know <laughs> the, the best way to say it you know did we did we build the, the 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 energy up you know so high that you know other things are attracted to it besides them um we did see a few things though on, on occasion yeah, it's yeah. It seems to have taken a life of its own. It seems to be the more people who come in, the more stories you get, the more spirits that seem to show up. So you, you might have hit it on the on the uh, the nose with that. And right. uh, you know, it, it's like Oop. what was pizza, that? Pizza from the dead. See, I told you, I I could. I'm hearing a little. That- a that little lagginess weak, in our uh, audio. Weak, weak as bell of, I, I've ever heard. It needs a new battery. It, we just <laughs> oh, need to give it a new battery. It's okay. Yeah. Oh, but, wow. we got to absolutely wrap it up. Wow. There's so many stories we could talk about. And, so and, I think we need to obviously have a GoFundMe. Hey! No, I don't think so. <laughs> Those are useless. Sorry. Oh, God. That's all it is, is begging for money. And uh, yeah. boy, good luck to you. That. That's why I'm kidding about it. Yep. Yeah. So anyway, oh mansion, go find me. But anyways, yeah. Anyway, uh, Josh, if somebody wanted to get a hold of you, and uh, how could they do that? Um, in best, in all honesty, best way is just Facebook. Um, uh, you can email me J Mantello, my first initial, last name spelled out M A N T E L L O at msn dot com. Uh, send me an email. Uh, Facebook. Uh, you know, and I will respond to as many people as I can. You still oh, have your, you have still have your paranormal group. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, it's it's kind of in hibernation of sorts, but the, there's a Berkshire Paranormal Facebook as well that cool. you can visit um, and message through that. Um, I don't check that quite as often. Um, the nine to five life is kind of taken over for the time being, but doesn't mean oh, that. Oh, that's I, a pain in the ass. <laughs> life really oh, sucks. Yeah. <laughs> Real life style, it does, but you know the, uh, you know it's tough adulting sometimes. Um, yep. <laughs> but the, um, you know, I, I still respond to that, and you know, it will you know field any questions through there, and you know if anything comes along, you know, I'm, I'm available. Right. All right. I'll, I'll thank you, Josh, and and if if and for those oh, that we go. So we're going to wrap it up. Uh, if you want to learn more about our first investigation there at the Houghton Mansion, we did write a story, uh, the complete story in Ghost Chronicles, the first book that we did. So you can get that on Amazon. That's Ghost Chronicles, 
by Marion Wood and Ron Kolick. So check it out. Check out my website, neghostproject.com. The letter N, the letter E, ghostproject.com. Josh, thanks once again. Always great speaking with you, and hopefully we're going to see you up at SpiritQuest this year as well. Gosh, I think so. Um, I, I'm hey. going to arrange for it early. So I'm looking right. forward to it. It's always, a, it's always a pleasure talking to you guys. Okay, right, till thanks. next time then. Yep. Good night. God bless. Good night. Good thanks night. for listening, everybody. From ghoulies to ghosties, long-leggedy beasties, and things that go bump in the night. Deliver us, good Lord.